0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Turn to somebody and ask them, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's the title of today's message. What are you going to do about it? We're going to go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I was watching the news and uh, a lot of things going on in the news. If you haven't watched it lately, it's like a you don't have to go to the circus anymore. You can just watch all of this campaign going on. It's just as good as the circus. And it got, got better looking clowns too. I was watching though the other day and they were telling a story about an event that took place in Boston, Massachusetts. Anybody from Boston here? Okay. And uh, there were these 200 crows found dead. You know, I remember some time ago when those birds were found dead out in Arkansas that that uh, on New Year's morning people woke up and saw those dead birds. You know, remember that? And they thought it was some kind of uh, flu or they ran into an alien ship in the air, you know, something. Anyway, found out that it was all pretty natural. Well, these, they, these couple hundred dead crows were found, and so they immediately, as, as a lot of times we do, is overreact and go into panic mode, thinking this is some kind of bird flu. You know, we got to figure out what it is. Well, they found out that it was, it was actually trauma that those crows had incurred, and, that, <clears throat> and as they were looking at these birds, seeing the injuries and stuff, they noticed that several of them had like a, like a little strip of paint or something on their beak, and, uh, and it was vehicle paint. But most of these birds, out of those 200, 98% of them had actually hit a motorbike or, a, or a, a motorcycle instead of a car. 98% were from hitting motorcycles They're, They puzzled them. Why in the world are most of them hitting uh, motorcycles? So they called in an ornithologist, which is a bird guy, and, uh, and had him study the behavior of these birds, see what was going on. So he studied these crows in, in that area and figured out they were on the, you know, one of the main highways there in Boston and figured out something very interesting. And he told them after he had done all of his analysis, he said that when crows are eating roadkill, they always have a, a lookout crow. And, uh, he said, what we have found in, in doing a lot of study on these crows is that though, uh, the lookout crow can say caw, none of them can say bike. <laughs> right. And so, what are you going to do about it, huh? What are you going to do about it? Mark chapter four. (laughs) Uh, I could not wait to do that to you today. I just, so fun. Mark four, verse eight, Jesus speaking. This is a very familiar passage of scripture, but we're going to focus on two particular verses, okay? But other seed fell on good ground. Say good ground. And watch what happened when it landed on good ground. It yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. That crop sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now we're going to jump down to verse 20 where Jesus gives the understanding of that allegory or of that illustration. But these are the ones sown on good ground. He's, what he's saying is that good ground is the person particularly the heart of the person, all right? Good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Father, now we thank you for this day. We thank you for this rain. Thank you, Lord, for these glorious people who are here today, Lord. Thank you for the rich fellowship that we have here, Lord, as we praise your name, as we worship you and lift your name above every name, Lord. We thank you for the 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 moments that we get to have together, Lord, in your presence, that you meet us in this corporate gathering in a a very unique way, God, as well as our own individual lives. But God, there's something powerful when God's people gather together, and we thank you that you're here in our midst today. You said, I'll be there in the midst where two or three are gathered in my name, and certainly we are here gathered in your name. And I thank you, God, for bringing everyone safely here, Lord, and that you're going to also lead them home safely today. Lord, thank you for your word that it is life to those who find it. And it is health to all of our flesh. You have given us all, richly, all things to enjoy. You have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, Father. Now it's on us to do something about it. What are we going to do about this word? What are we going to do about your promises, Lord? What will we do about it? And Lord, you've given us instruction on what we can do in order to live the kind of life, God, that you came to so freely give us. And for that, we are grateful. Bless this time together, and I thank you now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Learn it. it. Love it. it. Live it. it. Learn it. it. Love it. it. Live it. What are you going to do about it? Jesus said, Those that are sown on good ground. Though these are those who hear it. These are those who hear it. They hear the word. They learn it, and that's what he. When he said, then he says, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." So it's not just about letting something fall on your ears. It is hearing to learn something, hearing to understand, hearing to take into your life, giving attention to, bending your ear, your ear to, leaning into like when my wife says did you hear what i just said yeah i heard you did you understand it nope i didn't cuz the tv was on and i was looking at that honey when you were talking so could you please repeat that when ben, when franklin roosevelt Ben franklin when franklin roosevelt was the president he had to endure these long receiving lines at the white house and he complained that no one really paid any attention to what w- was being said. So one day, he, he thought he would try his theory out at a reception, and as people were going through that reception, and he's, he's shaking hands, he was murmuring in a low tone to each one that passed by, I murdered my grandmother this morning, and I wanted to hear people say, marvelous, God bless you, Mr. President, great job. And it wasn't until several people down the line that the ambassador from Bolivia came through and he shook his hand and he said those words and he heard them and he leaned in to the president's ear and said, that's all right. I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus calls us to attention, to attention. He who has ears to hear. These are those on good ground, those whose lives are producing something. And that is those who will give attention to, hearing to understand, hearing to learn. Now, I know guys are really bad about this, and and about one not uh, looking at a map whenever we want to go somewhere, and certainly when we're assembling something, not to read the instructions for assembly. This very thing happened to me a few years ago. My wife brought home a cabinet. Well, it was supposed to be a cabinet, but it was just parts of a cabinet in a box, and she said, I want you to put this together for me. Of course... I, you know, all I hear is "Here, I come to save the day." Just give me that, sweetheart. I'll take care of that. You go in there and do the dishes or something while I do this. <laughs> no, I know better to say that. Okay. Anyway, she's not here right now, so I'm just taking my freedom. All right. Anyway, um, so I open this box up, and there's all these parts of this this cabinet, and 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 of course, right there on top of all of it is the instruction manual to which I picked it up. And, Threw it across the room and started putting this thing together, or so I thought I was putting it together. And it, and, and it was a lot of, you know, putting in a screw and then backing that screw out because it was the wrong screw and it was going in the wrong place. And, and, and I'm having a hard time putting this thing together, but I'm determined I'm going to win. And about an hour and a half later, I surrendered to that cabinet and realized that I don't know how to put this thing together. As a matter of fact, I was so frustrated at this point, I actually said the words, What stupid person put this thing together? Or what stupid person designed this? That's what it was. Who designed this? So then I decided, okay. So I tucked my tail between my legs and walked over and picked up the manual and opened it up and looked at step one and began to follow those instructions. And I mean, I had that thing together in probably 15, 20 minutes. God has given you this life that you live. Every breath you take is a gift from Him. Everything about your life is a gift, and it is by His design and purpose. And when you try to make decisions by listening to other things, listening even to your own head, listening to other people besides what God has told you, then all you're going to find is that like life is very difficult. And you're not going to produce the kind of life that God came to give you. Ask for God's blessing, but then go do whatever you want. That's not, it's not going to work like that. It's not going to work like that because you can't serve two masters. He is Lord of all. And he's given you these, his word as instruction, as help, as correction, as a guide to your life that will help you live. You know, I wanted to say, I told the early services, take the easy way out for once. He's given you a struggle, and if you'll follow him, life will get easier. Yeah. All right, isn't life difficult enough as it is? We need the easy way out. Jesus said, if you'll come to me, those of you who are frustrated, who are tired, who are weighed down, I will make a trade with you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. Take my burden because my burden is light. Amen. It's your choice. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do in this word about the word of God? Number one, listen to it. Learn it. Learn this word. Give attention to it. Read the scriptures. Hear the word of God preached on a regular basis. You're in a really good church hearing the word preached really well. Except for that scripture, supposed scripture my wife quoted to you this morning. I don't think that's in the Bible what she said. Just to make a correction that you get something extra good because you drove in the rain. All right, so that's not in the Bible, but it might be a true anyway. Okay? Just, just to clear that up. Uh, listen to this. Listen to what David says. You, through your words, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your words are my meditation. Through your word I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Let's look at verse 20 again of Mark chapter 4. But these are those, the, the ones sown on good ground, who, those who hear the word, that is, they learn it and accept it. And when I looked up the word accept here in the Greek, it means to receive or to take hold of, but the main definition is to delight in. I love that, to delight in it. That's why I said love it. Love it. Tell somebody, love it. All right? Love the word. A guy by the name of Howard Fultz uh, was one of the directors of a great missions organization called Ames, and he told a story some years ago when it was very difficult to get Bibles into China, and some places still is, Red China, and There was an, uh, they were, they smuggled these Bibles into China and men and women paid with their lives sometimes trying to get the scriptures over to those people. And there was a a woman that was, that was crippled. She was bound to a wheelchair and, and they came and visited her home and had one of those Bibles with them and brought it to her house and they handed it to this little old lady. And when she saw that Bible, she began to weep. And she held it next to her chest and she cried and she thanked the Lord. And, and um, because she said, she had, made, she had prayed a prayer. She had never seen a Bible in all of her life. You, got, you know, you guys have it pretty good, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. All those years she had heard, she had even believed. Think about it. She had believed and she had never even seen a Bible. Praise God. Praise God. And she had this Bible. She, she, she rejoiced and thanked God because she had this prayer. Lord, I want to at least see one before I die. So she felt like God had answered her prayer. And and so she, after she held that Bible for a while, she handed it back to that missionary and he told her, no, 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 this is your Bible. You get to keep this Bible. And the party started all over again, man. She just began to weep and cry and rejoice and praise God. God. Well, some time went by and this little grandmother got into that Bible and she read read it and read it and read it and read it. And then one day she called up her pastor and she told him, Pastor, I need you to do something for me. I need you to come over to my house. I was reading in this scripture, I was reading about all of these miracles that Jesus did, how God anointed him, and he went about doing good and healing all. And then the book of James says that, that for me to call for the elders of the church, and they'll come over and they'll anoint me with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and I believe that I'll get up out of this wheelchair. I just need you to come and pray for me. And the pastor, of course, obviously put on the spot, said, uh, I, I don't have faith the faith for that. And she said, you just bring the oil. I got faith for both of us. So he came over with his elders, and they anointed that little grandmother with oil, and she got up and she walked out of that wheelchair, being years bound to it, because you took that word, delighted in that word, and see, when you delight yourself in the word of God, when you get it into your heart, what happens is when you take it into your heart, it's not just about hearing, it's about this believing factor where you receive it unto yourself. Now, you expand your capacity to more. You expand your capacity to miracles. You expand your capacity to, to God's intervention in your life to increase and to blessing. Amen. When you hear his word, believe it. Take it personally, because he's talking right to you. When it's in your heart, when the word is in your heart, it will be seen in your words. Jesus said, out of the heart, out of the heart, out of the heart. What comes out of the heart? Right here. The abundance of your Mouth is coming out I'm sorry what's out of your heart out of your words comes out of the abundance of your heart what's in the abundance of your heart so uh, out of your uh, belly the scripture says shall flow rivers of living water that's why as you as you take the word of God in it does something to you There's something that's happening on the inside, and and you might not see it in the natural, because in the natural, you're looking at, well, natural things. You're you're looking at maybe trouble that's around. You're you looking into a situation that you would like to see get fixed. You're looking at a a sickness or or lack or something like that. But see, here's what happens whenever you take that word in. It's at that moment that you may be enduring sickness, but that's when you can open your mouth and say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Huh? Man, during, facing some kind of lack in your life, but that's when you can open your mouth and say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, all right? It's because now you've expanded your capacity and now the word of God is beginning to take root in you. It's not just about hearing and not just about understanding. Now it's about being in this realm of faith, taking that word and putting it then into action. And though you may be facing darkness, things it's hard to see. The scripture says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let's look back at verse 20. Look back at verse 20 of Mark 4. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, that is, they learn it, accept it, they love it, and bear fruit. They live it. Live it. To bear fruit, uh, let me help you understand something. Today. To bear fruit does not mean to strive. It does not mean to try really hard. All right? Man, I'm telling you, I used to think, I, I always had, had this mindset that I got to bear fruit. I got be, to bear fruit. I got to do something. And I was always tr- trying to be a fruitful Christian, but found myself not being very fruitful because <laughs> I was so focused on being fruitful. This is the product Fruit is the product of you hearing and believing. All right? It's the product of those things. It's the equation. It's the total sum of that equation. Hear and believe. Learn and love it. It's the produce of learning and loving God's word. I had a strange phone call a few years ago from a friend of mine out in West Texas. His name is Jason. He called me and said, I've I've, I've got some problems going on. And I need to get your advice on it. And I said, okay, what's up, buddy? He was He's like a, as far as in the spirit terms, he's like a son to me. I taught him about the things of God, taught him how to play guitar, taught him how to lead worship, and just had him with me a lot and um but when we moved here he and his wife started kind of laying out of church a bit and before long church became more rare than regular to him and and i'd I'd heard that that was going on i was kind of saddened about it because he's such a good guy and so strong in the word and but things happen you know um and over time, it, you know, it's easier to get out of church than it is to get into church. Amen. <laughs> it's so much easier to get out. That's why Heather and I made a commitment to be in church today. Not today, but 20-something years ago, we decided we'd be in church today. That's how you have to see it, right? That you're committed to the house. On Sundays, that's where we are. We're in the house of God. Yeah. Right. Because if you wait to decide that morning, especially on a day like this, you're not going to go to church right? Nah, I don't want to get out of that. But you guys are committed people. Aren't you glad you came today? Don't you feel good about yourself? Yeah. yeah. Amen. What are you going to do about it? You're going to church today. That's what you're going to do about yeah. it. But he called me. Anyway, Jason calls and says, I got something to tell you and I just need some help. And so he and his wife had moved out to the country out west of San Angelo out there. And, and uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, Pastor Eric, I've My daughter, she was three years old at the time. He said, He said, she said this one thing to me the other night at dinner, and he said, I didn't think, really think anything of it. He said, She said, Dad, Cyrus is mean, and Cyrus has these red, stinky eyes, and he bites my legs. And he thought, Well, that's strange. Well, it's quite an imagination you got there, kid. And so he just kind of left it at that. He said, oh, really? We'll tell Cyrus to leave you alone, you know? Just thought, we're going to, have to play pretend for a while. So a couple of the times this girl made reference. She woke up one night screaming, saying, Cyrus is biting my legs. Cyrus is biting my legs. Well, Jason, at this point, has kind of numbed out from spiritual things, all right? Because he's not been in fellowship. He's not, So he's not having that awareness. He's just thinking, what's going on here? This is weird, you know, all right? So... They had some neighbors move about a quarter mile down the road from them. And so he thought, I, I, I'm going to go ask them a thing. Oh, his wife called him home from work. That's, what, that's why he went to go talk to these neighbors. Called him home from work. She said, honey, our daughter's standing, looking out the screen door, screaming, don't let Cyrus in the house. Don't let Cyrus in the house. She goes, I have no idea what's wrong with this kid. Something's going on. So he comes home from work and he's trying to comfort her. And, and, and so then he remembers that there's these neighbors. So he goes down to the neighbor's house and he knocks on the door and his Hispanic lady opens the door and he said, I look into the house and she's got like these kind of candles lit around the house. And he said, it's kind of spooky looking in there. And he said, so I said, Hey, I'm your neighbor. I just wanted to welcome you here to the area. And, and he said, uh, after they had some small talk, he asked her, he said, by the way, this might be a strange question, but does the name Cyrus mean anything to you? And she says, yes. My nephew Cyrus is 14 years old, was killed a few months ago in a hunting accident. Why do you ask that? So then he tells her what's been going on at his house, to which she said, you must get out of here. And she slams the door freaking out. So then he says, what do I do, Pastor Eric? I said, Jason, come on, man. How long have you been in this? You know what's going on. I said, this is some demon who's been conjured up over, no telling what's going on over there, probably trying to talk to the dead. And they've called up a demon. I said, you need to tell that demon it's trespassing and get out of here just walk out in your yard and say, in Jesus' name, get off my property and never come back again. It's that simple. Yeah, but I haven't been in church. I, haven't, I said, I know you haven't. doesn't mean you don't have authority. And maybe you should get back in church. He said, okay, I'll do what you tell me. And Jason went out, stood out in his front yard, and just said, devil, you get off of my property. You're trespassing. You're not welcome here anymore. You leave me alone. You leave my family alone. In Jesus' name. It was that simple. Not one more issue. Not one more. It was over. Daughter never had one more, one more talk about Cyrus any longer. Guess what Jason did? He started taking his family back to church. They're serving God strongly today. Hallelujah. Listen to me. That word that's in you, see, it gives you the capacity that even though, this is the beautiful thing about the word of God, it is sure to come to pass. It's sure to come to pass. That's why you know that whenever you'll take the word of God into your heart, when you'll listen to it and you'll give attention to it and you'll take it into your heart and you'll believe it, it will never fail you. Jesus said it's either going to produce 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Either way, it's producing something. And the production of that word, sometimes we don't like the timing of it. You know, seed, time, and harvest, Right? And sometimes that time is like, Lord. I was, uh, Ronnie Mills, I love you, man. God used him to to speak to me a few weeks ago. It was on a Wednesday, actually. I was leaving Christ for the nations and, and as I'm walking out of the cafeteria, I got a cup of coffee, I'm heading out and I hear all these people going, happy birthday, happy birthday. I turned around and I see this one of the cooks, a little Hispanic lady walking out saying, thank you, thank you. And she's got this party balloon that says, uh, H- happy birthday. And these little gifts in her hand, she's walking out. And I said, Oh, it's your birthday. And she said, yes. And so I, I reached in my wallet. and I took a $20 bill out and I said, Hey, let me get your lunch. And she said, thank you very much. So I get home because I'm usually in a hurry to get home on Wednesdays to get ready for church that evening so I got home and got all my business done there and I walk into church that Wednesday night walk through those doors and Ronnie is, gets up and he walks toward me and he says hey pastor and he pulls out a $20 bill and says let me get your lunch I went oh that was cool I said Lord that was a fast harvest well that seed sown I like that kind of harvest don't you don't you like when it just comes that fast I mean in the same day you plant you reap but then there's that other harvest That you sowed seed that you even forgot about. Right? And then you remembered, oh yeah, Lord, how come that hadn't come to pass? Or you're still waiting, 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 you're tired of waiting. And yet, we have this promise that the Word will not fail us. Some 30, some 60, some 100. You just have to believe that that word is doing something even though you can't see it. It's producing something even though you can't feel it. You know what I'm talking about? We like to feel it, right? We like to have all the good feelings. I like to feel the Holy Ghost. I can remember that phrase was common when I was a kid. Well, I can feel the Holy Ghost all up in here. I, I, I like to feel it, but the feeling's not always there, unfortunately. Because God didn't want us relying on feelings. He wanted us to walk by faith, which is beyond the sensual realm. It's the sixth sense. It's the God sense. So, but it takes time. It takes time for that. Sometimes it takes years. Heather and I gave a car away and two years later, almost three years later, somebody gave us a car. I, I'd actually forgotten that I'd given a car away at that point. And I remember driving that car around. My brother-in-law had bought it for us. I remember driving this car around and I was just thanking God because the car I gave away didn't even compare to the car that I just got. I mean, it was an old beat up gold Ford Escort that I gave to somebody. I'm blessed, you know, it was a blessing to me because somebody had given it to me, so I gave it to this other guy. I think I've told you the story. Anyway, so then I'm driving this brand new car. Like, we had to go to the car lot. My brother-in-law said, go get your car. Drove to the car lot and had to peel the paper off like this this vehicle, o- open it up, and the seats are all covered in plastic. We have to take the plastic off the seat. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, wow, I've never driven a brand new car before. And I'm driving this thing, and I'm, I'm just overcome with gratitude. I said, God, why did you do this for us? And he said, you sowed a seed Mm -hmm. and this is your harvest. I went, oh my God. Oh, the harvest is better than the seed. I like this. (laughs) He says, you'll bear fruit. You'll bear fruit. And think about it. What's in that fruit is way more seed for more harvest. It just continues to expand and expand and expand and expand. What are you going to do about this word? What are you going to do about God's promises in your life? Give attention to them. Get them in your heart. And the way you get them in the heart and you keep them in your heart is that you keep them in your mouth. Confess his word. Keep yourself in the environment of it all the time. Because you got a lot of things out here that's working against what God has said. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. the greatest encourager to you is You. Sometimes you are going to talk to yourself. Well, we have scripture on that, so we're not totally crazy. We're just Bible crazy. All right? And David, David said, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So, in your life, you'll experience fruit from the seed sown in your heart almost immediately, and then at other times it could take years. But what matters is it will always produce. I want to finish with this scripture. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10 and 11 says, for as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, we have a living illustration here today for you, and do not return there. But water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Wow. That's what I'm saying. That's the awesome thing about the Word of God. It will always produce fruit. To those who will, hear it, believe it, learn it, love it, and therefore live it. Live in its experience. Live in its reality. That's what I pray for you on a regular basis, that you would live in the realities of God's promises. Live in the realities of His promises. Learn it. Love it and live it. Father, thank you for this time together and your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And we've received it, Lord, and we thank you, God, that your word is our strength. It is wisdom to us. It is help for us. It is restoration and healing for us. Lord, it's through your word, as David said, oh, how I love your word. Oh, how I love you. I, I get wisdom from it. Your word also says that those who love your word, they have great peace and nothing will offend them or cause them to stumble. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this time right now, Lord, that right now you're helping people. You're helping us. You're, you're growing us. You're encouraging us, God. And I thank you, Lord, right now for those who have come in here that are just tired, Lord, that just had a long week, had a long month, year, marriage, or whatever. I just thank you for just breathing fresh life, into their life right now. That they would, they would be filled with the joy of the Lord because that joy is our strength. Lord, that there would be hope renewed and revived and awakened, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are a very present help in time of need. And even right now, whatever needs there may be in this room, God, you know all of them. Your word says you know what we have need of before we even ask. But you also said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you today. So whatever it is that you might have need of, my family, just know that your, your Heavenly Father cares about it. He knows about it. He's concerned about it. Now if you'll just talk to Him about it. If you'll just declare what He has said about your situation, because He has said everything about every situation out there. He has an answer for every problem. He has a way. His ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. And he's got wisdom for you right now to help you and to lead you into life and that more abundantly. Thank you, Lord, right now for doing that. Thank you for healing now. If you're here today and you're experiencing pain or sickness of any kind, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you right now that you're healing these bodies in Jesus' name. Jesus, your word says that you surely, he has borne. He has borne our griefs, that is our sickness, our maladies, our disease, and carried our sorrows, which means our pains. Thank you, Jesus. You bore this for us. You bore this for them, Lord. And if you did it, there's no need for them to do it. Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name, that right now we just declare that they are healed because, Jesus, you by your stripes have made that sure for them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your healing power is alive and well in the earth and in our lives right now. So we trust your word above the symptoms. We trust what you have said, what you have promised, what you have purchased for us above any kind of sickness or disease, Lord. None of it is bigger than you. None of it is greater than you. And we look to you now and we thank you that you became wounded and we became healed in that great exchange. In the name of Jesus.